Hello, and welcome to another Sarasota Institute podcast. The Sarasota Institute is a 21st century think tank that is focused on 10 major topics we feel important for the future of humanity. Please go to sarasotainstitute.global to learn more. The Sarasota Institute is a nonprofit corporation. Hello, this is David Houle. I'm one of the co-founders and the managing director of the Sarasota Institute, a 21st century think tank. And one of the topics, or 10 topics, uh, that we've really dived deeply into is climate change, because climate change really is the largest thing shaping the future of humanity. And um, so today is about climate change, and I'm very happy to introduce uh, the guest today, Bob Leonard. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So for the audience, Bob, um, has I've known Bob for seven years um, uh, in the global nonprofit that we've run together. He's been the director of operations and the director of content for the spaceshipearth.org. He and I have also co-authored a book called uh, Moving Towards a Finite Earth Economy, Crew Manual. And in that process, I realized how intelligent and what a good writer he was. So he is my editor for all the books I do. So we're, we're long, fast, good friends. And I regard Bob as probably one of the foremost knowledgeable people on climate, the climate crisis today. So uh, with that, um, I want to I want to uh, turn it over to you to let you comment on any of those general topics I just met mentioned before we get into what it is specifically you're doing well sure i mean uh, to, to reiterate a little bit um the, you mentioned seven years ago uh that's when i decided that i wanted to make a career change that i wanted to work on climate because it had become a passion for me i have kids um and it's only gotten worse since then. It's uh, the the amount of CO two in the atmosphere is up. The the uh, severe weather events are, are more severe and more frequent. Um, and so that this is um, what I'm doing now is an extension of that. What I'm doing now is an effort to have more traction. As I see, we've gotten to the point where it's here. It's here, it's now, and it's going to get much worse before it gets better. So I am focusing more on how can I help people adapt to it? How can I help people manage the risks? How can I uh, help them minimize the impacts of climate that they are they will experience? Right. So so uh, you know, we at the institute think that what you're doing, is of prime importance. And as I understand it, you are have set up a practice um, uh, um, to advise corporations or to do an analysis for corporations on what risks they may have in their existing businesses as the climate crisis unfolds. Is that correct? Yes, uh, sort of. The, uh, the, it's called Climate Foresight Advisory. And uh, I'm a little leery of the word risks because business people, financial people uh, view that as a, um, an investment risk, a financial risk. 
And that is not what I'm focused on. I'm focused on survival. I'm focused on climate resilience, on uh, business continuance, and getting people to most are, if they're focused at all on anything in the climate, they're, they're focused on uh, environmental and social governance, ESG reporting, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Need to do it. It's being mandated for public corporations. Um, and private ones should do it too. But that is just the first step. That is not going to help you guard against the vulnerabilities that your business has, the, the physical threats, the business threats, the, uh, the and the opportunities. There yeah, are, go ahead. Yeah, it seems to me that this ES, the, the ESG exercise that corporations are doing is really just one level up from greenwashing. In other words, they're trying to show their stakeholders that they are concerned. But, but so you have to go in and say, well, we need to take your concern to the concern about will you have an existing business in five years, 10 years, or what part of the businesses might you have to um, uh, pay attention to now in advance? Or what are the opportunities that a corporation like you might have as this climate crisis unfolds, correct? Correct, yeah. Uh, to be clear, ESG is, you know, it's like technology. It's neither good nor bad. It's how you use it. And there will be, there definitely are businesses that will go through the process of the audit, figure out what their carbon footprint is, and then take the report and put it on a shelf then others will actually take the report and say, okay, here's where we can reduce our carbon footprint. There's where we can reduce, et cetera. So it's, um, it is how they, that reporting is used. But either way, it's not going to uh, bulletproof you, although nothing you can bulletproof you, but it's not going to help you anticipate the risks and threats from climate that, you, that your business will encounter. So, so clearly, this is the what you are doing is a whole new market. And I'm just so sick and tired, personally, having been involved in the climate thing for decades and the futurists, that there's all these sustainability consultants out there that help you be sustainable. That's done, right? I mean, if you haven't done it now, you're not going to do it. You need to really assess how you can continue to operate successfully. Um, in this new landscape. So let me let me just say, so I've always said that climate change is going to affect the entire world. Um, so what do you see as the market for this? And, and in general, and then specifically, what are you going to focus on and why? Well, climate touches everything. Uh, I defy you or anybody else to, to come up with anything that isn't somehow influenced or affected in some way by, by climate. That's why when I talk to young people, I tell them no matter what your skills are, your talents, your interests, your passions, your experiences, your education, you can do that and, and work on climate um, because it touches everything. So, so I've had to segment, you know, I, I've had to niche so I'm going, my, I, I think my sweet spot is small to mid-sized enterprises, private companies, 
private companies as of right now are not mandated to do the ESG stuff. But the reality is, if they're supplying a major corporation, say they're supplying parts to a manufacturing organization, uh, Fortune 500, they will be required by that Fortune 500 to come up with their carbon footprint. That's called a scope three uh, reporting. But beside the point, it is, and especially the smaller companies don't have the deep pockets that a major corporation has. Uh, a major corporation, IBM, I'm sure has people in-house like me. Um, smaller organizations do not, cannot, can't afford it. So I am uh, working with them to advise them to assess what their situation is. It depends on locations. It depends on uh, supply chains. It, it, it depends on the, the their products and services. Each is uh, has unique and specific. Okay, so 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 let's get this specific for our listeners here. Um, what examples can you share from either your knowledge of this space or your clients? Um, to give an example as to, you know, how, give an example as to how certain companies have had to change and why, and uh, as, as, as a, I guess for lack of a better word, as a, as, a, as a view into actual examples that you anticipate sure, solving sure. clients. Sure, there's a... Uh, um... A ski resort here here in Oregon, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. And because temperatures have increased and uh, the the window, winter, is shorter, the snow melts. So their their revenue from from the skiers has been reduced by about a, a month's worth. So what they did is uh, added, they, they added a zip line and a, a golf disc course so that now they're using that same asset, the mountain, but they're using it in the summertime. So they, so they have additional so, revenue. So that's an example of an opportunity created by climate because, right. okay. Uh, what, about, what about any other examples, larger or smaller, where... Had somebody had an entity had the benefit of your foresight, they might have done something differently or saved a lot of money. Well, there's the example of California Edison, um, 2017, 2018. They were found responsible. It's the electric utility, and uh, they were found responsible for sparking forest fires. Um, so, oh, that's right. Yeah, I've heard about that. Right. Yeah. And they they were fined billions of dollars, and now they are redoing the electrical wiring. They're, they're uh, putting up 6,000 miles of new wiring that is fire resistant, that won't spark in California. And they're putting, and we wrote about this in our book as, as a kind of a future thing, but it's happening right now. Um, that many weather stations all around in wooded areas. So they so they measure the temperature, the humidity, and the wind speed. So they can say, 
oh, in that sector over there, it's likely there's going to be, you know, send some firemen over there to wet it down before uh, a fire starts. So, so if, all, all of that is expensive and you could see it coming if just nobody was looking. Okay. So in other words, I, I seem to recall that those fires that they were responsible for were 2017, 2018, 2019. So yeah. what you're saying is if some if somebody at California Edison had had decided to do some kind of climate foresight and advisory uh, audit mm-hmm. five, seven years ago, they might have avoided all these fines. Yeah, we're vulnerable to this. So so what, what are we going to do about it? Uh, how can we fix it? And how can we yeah, what's the strategic plan? How much time do we have? Let's look at prioritize. We can't do everything at once. What's the top priority? Maybe get maybe switching out those lines. Bob, I can't I can't help but think that this is a huge business that you are helping to create here because it's not just about, oh, our carbon footprint, and we're gonna get our carbon footprint down by 2050. It is basically saying, I am gonna do an audit on your business from the viewpoint. Of the of the rapidly accelerating climate crisis to give you knowledge in advance of what you should start thinking about, what you should absolutely be doing, and any opportunities that may come out of this, given the market you're in, right? Yeah, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Why wait? You know, to be reactive when you can look ahead. I, I got certified during COVID in strategic foresight, um, scenario planning, and climate risk management. And those are methodologies to be able to look towards the future, describe probable, possible, preferable futures. And so having a multiple uh, of futures that, you know, in the future isn't something that ju- just exists. It's it's something that we make every day with the actions we take. So we can look to that future and say, this is what I want. Let's do this. Let's take these a- actions. And the scenarios enable the C-suite or executives or actually all stakeholders of a business to see, to envision these different uh, possible futures and work towards them, get creative about, okay, how do we bring the one we want? So it's, so sorry, apologies. So it's really clear as we talked, touched on earlier that everybody and everything and everywhere is being affected or will be affected by climate change. Can you parse that? Can you drill down a little bit as to suggesting to our listeners here what categories of business you think are more at risk than others or size of business or locations of business? I know you're on the West Coast and you're initially mm-hmm. fish, you know, focusing on, on the Western uh, part of the yeah. United States. But, but uh, as you have moved into this, are there clear warning signs for certain categories of business that you think aren't paying attention and need to? Yes, yes. Uh, Give me an example of several, or, you know, categorically. Oh, man, now you got me in trouble, David. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, clearly, for example, like I'm in Florida, and yeah. you used to live in Sarasota. So, okay, you know, so, well, yeah. So, so sea level rise is here, for example. Have, you yeah, talked about I California and the fires. Yeah. Right. 
I have one for that. And this, uh, uh, we did the rise and run on Siesta Key, which um, proved that the, what seems like a foot of water does not seem like a big deal. But if you are on a flat beach, that foot of water can run a hundred yards inland, right? Right. A storm surge. And that's what happened a north, north of Tampa, uh, a warehouse uh, was insured by, I, I think it was Hartford Steam Boiler. Um, the warehouse, the, the structure and the inventory in the warehouse were insured. They, <clears throat> they had a hurricane up there. And because the warehouse was a thousand feet from the, from the water, from the Gulf, they, they did not insure it. The, uh, the uh, people who owned it didn't think it need, needed to be insured. The insurance company didn't think it needed to be insured. And so it got hit. It got hit with a, a, a severe water damage. So going forward, the Hartford Steam Boiler uh, trained their people, trained their actuaries and underwriters and claims adjusters on climate literacy, on climate science. Um, so that they could then adjust to unprecedented stuff. This did, did never happen before. This, right. but these things are going to happen more and more often. And so the, 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 it, it was it was a tough situation. I remember reading that the woman who, who was running the business was livid because they would have insured it if if they had thought that there was a need for it and uh, so so it was an, an expensive um, it's expensive business disaster well we, you know that example brings up something i hadn't thought about which is it seems to me the degree that you you're obviously going to be successful in this and, and we at the institute think that that uh, anticipating and preparing is the single most important thing to do relative to the climate crisis. So it seems to me that as you start having successful relation, conclusions with your clients, mm -hmm. that the insurance industry is going to be really interested in how you see the world, because that's an example where they could have insured something but didn't because nobody thought about it. So you're going to be thinking about things that other people aren't thinking about relative to insurance or even business continuity insurance type of things, right? Yes. Uh, I, you know, I want to make it clear, though, it's they are looking at this, especially reinsurance companies. Right. The re I, right. Munich Re, Swiss Re, they, uh, they have known this for years. They have seen this coming. They've, they've got the data. Um, on the frequency of storms and, and, and the claim and the increase in, in claims, et cetera. And uh, um, so, yes, so they need to be, and, and they are increasingly climate literate. It is, and they will be changing. You'll, you'll see them uh, drop some coverages be, because it's you know too expensive or they just don't want the risk and add some coverages because they see a business opportunity. Right, right. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, so what? So, uh, are there any? You know, we're 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 kind of getting um, to our end here, and I'm I'm not sure what other things the audience would like to hear other than what I've been asking you. But but so so how would you if 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 there was somebody 
who is a potential client of yours right now within your sphere of influence, West Coast, United States, private or small public company, um, what would you want to say to them that they need to do, whether they use you or not, in the next five years? What is the most important thing you think that any corporation needs to hear from you uh, relative to this whole endeavor uh, of effort? Well, one, look at your physical plan. Look at your locations. Are you near a forest fire zone? Are you near a uh, the, the ocean and water? Um, others is look at your supply chain. Can that supply chain be disrupted? Um, I had, or there is a, a company uh, that was experiencing failures with, with their equipment, their industrial equipment in areas that experienced extreme heat. So they, they figured out what it was, they redesigned it and uh, stopped. They were buying it from a Chinese company. They let the contract run out and they now build this more heat resistant uh, component in-house using 3D printing. Um, there's, so what I'm talking about there is look at your products. What can you do? What in what can you see your customers needing in five to 10 years that they don't need now because of differences in climate? Um, That's something I hadn't thought. That's really, yeah. What new product category, product line or services could you XYZ Corporation. What are you in a good position to deliver with your intellectual property, with your internal skills and resources? What might you be able to do to uh, create climate solutions? Well, I, I mean, I, I think people are going to be running to your door. Again, I think your door. So. <laughs> so the name of your company, Bob, is the Climate Foresight Advisory. Yep, climateforesightadvisory.net on the web. Okay, great. Um, so I want to thank you very much. Um, I want to thank you also on part of the Institute for, for writing the thought pieces you've written for us on this. And uh, I want to let all the listeners know that, that this is, I think, the 16th of our episode of our uh, Sarasota Institute podcast. And they're available at sarasotainstitute.global or at all the major podcast platforms around the world. Bob, thank you for giving, this, uh, giving us, giving me, the Institute, and the listeners your time. This is really interesting. I think this is a business not known now that's going to be commonplace in five years. I hope, I hope you make it so. Well, thanks. I thank you for the opportunity. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I hope you're right. Okay. Well, listen, thank, thank you so much. And again, um, stay tuned, folks, for another podcast coming sometime in the next few weeks. Um, uh, we will be putting uh, Bob's podcast up in the next few days at sarasotainstitute.global. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please go back to where you downloaded this podcast to find another one that might be of interest to you. Thank you.